Thank you for listening to this recording of Family Bible Church's Sunday morning message. We pray that God will use this word to bless and encourage you. So if you would, open up your Bibles now to Proverbs chapter 8. And I'll be reading all of Proverbs 8 and the first... 12 verses, I think, Proverbs 9. Does that sound right, Pastor Bob? Yeah. There no, we go. actually, down chapter 9, verse 12. 9, 12. Yeah, 9, 12. Yeah. All of 8 yeah, yeah. and yeah, 9 to 12. Yeah. Okay. 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 Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates, at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips." All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way, and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding, I have strength. By me kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries." The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters could not transgress his command, when he marked out the fountains of the earth, foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maiden. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. 
Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years of life will be added to you. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself, and if you scoff, you will bear it alone. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading from his word this morning. You may be seated. Well, that's exciting. I know that's a long portion, but we actually have other portions to read, too. Um, As we have gone into and begun studying this book of Proverbs, I want to go directly to those first um, couple verses, verses 5 to 7. In, in the first chapter, which kind of are the, the key passages, the key passage for the entire book. It says, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and enigma, the words of the wise and the riddles, to, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you remember, from there, I stated that the, the beginning of verse 7 was the precept that really the entire book was built upon. And that is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And from that precept, there was this split principle, and that is that the wise man then will seek wisdom, but the fool will despise wisdom. And so that comes from verse 5 and verse 7. And we have seen that those principles and that precept play out in each of the last couple messages as we've come through the book of Proverbs. Repetition is the key to learning. And that's exactly what we see continually play out, and it's going to play out again today. And so I don't apologize for it, because God decided that it was important for us to continually hear this thing over and over and over again, because we hear it once and we what? Yeah, we don't just forget, we just kind of put it aside. You know, like, ah, you know. So we have to hear it again, and we just kind of have to put it aside again. And then all of a sudden we hear it again, and we start saying, okay, okay. But we've got to hear it like five, six, seven, eight, nine times, okay? And so also in the book of Proverbs, the beginning of the book of Proverbs, wisdom, as we're going to see today, is portrayed as a woman. And she is um, portrayed as one who is crying out for people to hear her, which we'll look at in a moment. But she is also portrayed in that manner as in opposition to, in contrast to, another woman who is portrayed as a a harlot, who is then encouraging people toward foolishness. And in the end, the ways of wisdom are the ways of life, but the ways of the harlot, the ways of the foolish woman, is the ways of death. And so... That theme of life and death is something that is played out all the way from the very beginning, from the garden. God created man, Adam, and he placed him in the garden. And he told Adam, he told Adam, that he could eat from, what? Any tree in the garden, except for one. He could not eat from the tree of life. Is that true? No. Good job, Jimmy. That's exactly right. No. Emphatically, no. There was only one tree that he was not allowed to eat from, and that was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. He was not allowed to eat from the tree of death. Do you get it? But there in the midst of the garden was also the tree of life. God told him he could eat from any tree he wanted to, which meant that he could have eaten from life. He could have gone to the tree of life and eaten from the tree of life. In fact, it was God's grace that kicked man out of the garden so that man could not go in his state of sinfulness and go and eat from the tree of life and forever be stuck in the state of sin. Death is a gift. That sounds weird. But it's a portal for us where we escape this body of sin and we're able to go into his presence in in total concentration consecration but the choice between life and death has been there all the way from the beginning in fact in deuteronomy chapter 30 and i don't know whether i'll remember to go there later but deuteronomy 28 to 30 is the the blessings and the curses that god gave to israel okay and and god sums them up 
that, that they had a choice whether they could, they could go after the, the blessings or they could go after the curses. But God sums it up in chapter 30 with this decision of choosing life or death. And, he, and through Moses, he challenges them to choose life that you may live and that your children may live. You make the decision on a daily basis. Again, we talked about this um, either last week or two weeks ago, that Proverbs is really a book of choices. I mean, through as you read the, the chapters, and you're, you're continually being smacked, bam, 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 about, the, your, about your words, about your actions, about your decisions, about your thought processes. You have a decision to make. Almost every verse you have a decision to make. Do you want to be the wise man or do you want to be the fool? And sometimes it's better to read it slower because we read a chapter a day, which is a good thing to do, right? But there's so many of those decisions to make that you just kind of do what? Oh, brother, I can't do anything. Yeah, just kind of, you know. But, but it's important to continually be inundated with it and to have it in our brains so that the Holy Spirit continually uses those things and brings them out in our lives. And so decisions, choices to make, to follow after wisdom and not after foolishness. So, we pick us up in, in Proverbs 8, verse 1, and we're going to go all the way to 9, verse 12. But in this as well, we want to consider, the reason we're putting it here, and we would have done it last week, is really this all begins back in chapter 1, verse 20. So if you would, go back to chapter 1, verse 20, okay? Because this is where we begin to see this portrait of wisdom playing out. And so we were going through chapter 1, if you remember, and then we took the break last week looking at the propagation of wisdom because it was Father's Day. But beginning at verse 20 of chapter 1, we see, Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses, at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit upon you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes, when your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of Yahweh, they would have none of my counsel and despise my ever rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Turn to chapter 3, down to verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom, and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand. And in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. She is a tree of, li tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who retain her. Yahweh, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up. And clouds drop down the dew. So we want to look at this portrait of wisdom that Solomon um, paints, if you would, with his words. 
in these chapters. And the first thing I want to consider is her proclamations. And as hopefully you were listening as Chuck was reading that large portion from 8.1 to 9.12, and then also in, in chapter 1, and we read about these um, pro- proclamations that she gives, and that, first of all, they are public. They're public. We're told wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. In 8 verse 1, does not wisdom cry, cry out and understandly lift up her voice? She's not doing this for, for just a certain select people to hear. But wisdom cries out publicly, listen to me. Do you realize that this book, well, not this one itself, but the book, right, is the best-selling book of all time? Can I tell you one other thing about this book? It's the most stolen book. That sounds kind of amazing, too, isn't it? You kind of think you're going to steal the Bible? Yeah. Isn't that kind of cool? I mean, people steal it because they want it. In, in, in here, this is, I don't think God cares at that point. I think it's kind of exci- he's probably kind of excited when they, they think they're just stealing his word. He's just hoping that what? They read it, yeah. <laughs> kind of lay it out there. Go ahead and steal it. You know, take it. You know, maybe that's what we need to do. Instead of start giving people tracks, kind of put them in our back pocket like we're trying to hold them to ourselves and let's see if they steal them out of our pocket. Maybe they read them and, what's so important that he's trying to keep from me? Anyways, but in this book, it's public domain. Do you realize that? Do you realize that, that the, the, the word of God is public domain, but man has chosen to put copyrights on it? Jesus said, freely I, you receive, freely what? Freely give. I refuse to sell anything that God has given to me. Because it's not mine. Does it make, how do you sell what God has given to you? It's not yours. And so, anyways, I just, that's a little side note. I just hate that when I hear people selling God's word. And I hate it when I got to, so I use the New King James, and I hate that I got to spend money to, to whoever holds the, the copyright of it so I can have it on my e-sword and, and I can have it on my phone and that kind of stuff. It's like they own God's word. No, you had the privilege that God used you to, 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 to translate. You know, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to take this rabbit trail. I am. And e-sword was, was created by a guy named Rick Meyer. I don't know him from Adam. Hey, we, I could probably pass him in a Walmart. I'd never even know he was there. But all I can tell you is that he was a computer kind of guy who, or was he not even a computer kind of guy? Anyways, he was just burdened. God burdened him that in the beginning of the internet age and the computer age and stuff like that, that someone needed to put God's word in a, in a form that could be used. And so, so he learned how to do it. And he created eSword, even though he didn't necessarily have those abilities to do it. But one thing he was committed to was freely you received freely give. And that's why it's never been sold. He's got a copyright on it, so you cannot sell it. But do you know what? People continue to donate to him. And he's able to do it full time. Because God will always provide for what he wants to happen. How cool is that, right? He owns the cattle on, finish it out, Thousand Hills. You know it. Anyways, I'm sorry, a little aside. But it's out there. Wisdom is crying out publicly. Please, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. And we say what? Oh, that's not too fun. I don't necessarily like that. I remember a really good friend of mine, really good friend. He's a believer, really good friend of mine. When I asked him, I was telling about the, the, um, the, oh, the, the movies by the, the church, Sherwood Baptist movies, you know, the, um, the brothers, Kendrick brothers. Yeah, Facing the Giants. The first one was uh, Flywheel, and then there's Facing the Giants, and then there was uh, Fireproof, and then there's um, About the Cops. Courageous. Anyways, this guy said to me, he said, oh, man, I don't watch that stuff. That's just, it's, it's, there's not enough action. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, we, we laugh about that, but here's the deal. Wisdom isn't too exciting. Wisdom isn't fun from the perspective of sin. It's pretty bland. Let's be honest. Why do people sin? It's fun. They want it. it say it again, Mark. 
It feels good. It seems like it's going to be what? Fun. But in the end, what does it do? It bites. That's exactly right. Okay? But that's what sells. That's what sells. Again, we talked about that last week. Okay? I mean, the camel commercials aren't going to show you a bunch of people with no teeth and, 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 and throat cancer. Okay? And so, wisdom, when it cries out and says, come to me, come to me, people look at it and they say, oh, that's kind of boring. But foolishness, she cries out and says, come, we're going to have fun. We're going to have a whole lot of stuff. And in our foolishness, we listen. She cries out publicly about the desire to have people come. But her words, we're told then, in her counsel that she gives us, is, is pure. This is exciting to me. Because, again, you have to make the decision of what you really want. Does that make sense? What do you want? Well, she cries out. This is what she cries out. Verse 4, beginning, chapter 8, beginning verse 4. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple ones. That just offends me. I mean, because this clearly doesn't apply to me then, right? Because I'm not a what? Simple one. Think about that. How many of you like to be called simple? Okay? But that's what wisdom's saying. At this point, you have to, in order to listen to her, you have to make one recognition, and that is what? In and in, of yourself, you're, you're, you're simple and foolish. And that you need to what? Listen to her counsel. That you don't know it all, right? Oh, you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools, be of an understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things. And from the opening of my lips comes right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. You can go to Ephesians 5 later. I forgot to put that on the sermon note sheet. But Ephesians 5, we're, we're, we're challenged as believers. You know, in Ephesians 4, the end of it, 4 going into the beginning of chapter 5, where we're told to put off things and put on things. And one of the things we're told to put off is a perverse mouth, in a sense. That, that even having coarse jesting is not something that's for us. And so if we would listen to wisdom, if we would search after wisdom, if we would run after wisdom, and we're going to be talking about the pursuit of wisdom, um, I think, next week, that, that if we would just pursue it, that we would start talking differently. Because we'd start thinking differently. Metanoia, right? Change the way you think, and it'll change the way you act. And out of the, 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 the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And so wisdom says, wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Nothing crooked or perverse is in my mouth. But then she continues on. Look what she says continuing on in verse 9. They are what? They are all plain. They are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. They're public, they're pure, but they're plain to understand. I'm mindful of when Jesus started speaking in parables. And he was asked, Lord, why do you speak in parables? But he answered the question with with a, a statement at the end of his parables many times. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. They're plain to those who understand and to those who what? Find knowledge. I love the two words that are used here. Plain, they are straightforward. And the word upright, if you would write here, is the, is the meaning straight up. So, um, again, if you think an agrarian kind of society and a construction kind of society, not necessarily in our, our um our computer society. Um, but we have chesed and emet as well, that God is chesed and emet. And chesed and emet is that he is, he's plumb, 
and he's level. You can see this in this same concept as well here. There's still this concept that it's straightforward and it's straight up. Does that make sense? It's still this right angle. There's this rightness that's about what God does. And it's plain to those who what? Who want to understand. If you really want to know wisdom, then it's there. But if you really don't, you ain't going to get it. Isn't that kind of interesting? He's not hiding it. It's free. It's public. It's pure. It's plain to be, to be read, to be understood. But even most, it's, it's precious. It's precious. Wisdom is better than wealth. Verse 10 and 11. Receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. If you had the option, again, I mentioned this against two weeks ago or whatever. Someone lays a million dollars on the table and they have a small envelope that says wisdom. What are you going to take? Do you want the million dollars? Or do you want the pearl of wisdom? Which is more important to you? Sadly, in the United States, it's the million dollars. It's the money. But to those who know him, or proclaim to know him, wisdom ought to be the choice decision. There's, there's no comparison. Because there's nothing in this world that will compare with her. Do you know that a lot of people who wind up stealing things didn't necessarily in and of itself immediately think about that first? They just saw something and they what? They wanted it. They started lusting after it. Oh, look at that. And all of a sudden they, they decided what? I'm going to take that. Now I get it. Some shoplifters are just professionals and, and they're, just, they're just going to do it, right? But a lot of people, they didn't premeditate on, on that. I'm going to steal that. It was just a tempting thing. How tempting is wisdom? I mean, when you see that pearl of wisdom, that little nugget that's there, do you kind of like say, wow, I want that. And I'll do whatever it takes to get it. Wisdom is better than, than wealth. And there are other verses there that you can look at. Wisdom, secondly, though, is the foundation of proper governance. Proper governance. And this is important, I think, in our land today. By me, kings reign, verse 15, and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. I don't want to be rude. But why are we in the mess that we're in? Because our leaders haven't what? followed the path of wisdom. They've listened to the voice of foolishness. And they've gone in her direction. And it's not just the current one. It's not just the last two. It's not just the last three. It's a process. It's been a pattern for quite a while. And we're just going further and further down the path. And we're afraid to admit how far down the path we are. We're quite a ways down that path. And the end of the path of foolishness is what? Death and destruction. That's exactly right. Death and destruction. Is it any marvel? We are where we're at. But the end of the path of wisdom is life. Wisdom is the foundation of proper governance. Now, I wish that I could tell you that I properly governed my house at all times. But I can be a testimony to this. That when I followed wisdom, things went well. 
But when I followed my flesh, that meant I was going to follow after who? Foolishness. And in her path was, if you would, death and destruction. My kids can testify to that. Her proclamations are public, pure, plain, and precious. So I ask myself, as I ask you and I ask others, what are you doing with them? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Secondly, then, is her primacy. This is really exciting. Now, I I get there's a lot of theology that people love to place into this. But again, I want to take the word for for how it is playing out, okay? And I'm not going to take this as a Christological passage. I'm not going to say that this is Jesus. A lot of people want to say that this is Jesus, that wisdom is Jesus because Jesus, everything was created through Jesus. I don't think this is a personification of Jesus. I think Jesus is God. And that in the Godhead, there is all what? Wisdom. Wisdom is, a, is an outpouring, if you would, of the Godhead. This is a, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin question, okay? So, ignore it if it's like, what? Okay? But what came first? God or wisdom? What came first? God or holiness? What came first? God or, or moral standards? Now, I get it. In the end, you're going to say what? God, because God what? Was, but God is as God is, right? I get that. But in my brain, there still has to be... I, I, I struggle with this from the perspective that there still is this, what came first? And the answer is God. And God determined what was right and what was wrong. Maybe it's too much Star Trek in my brain, okay? But if you go into some parallel universe where all of a sudden what is evil they call good and what is... It feels like today, doesn't it? Anyways, uh, (laughs) maybe we've reached that parallel universe, you know? Anyways, but... But God is the one who determined these things. Why do we say, thou shalt not murder? Because God said it was evil. Do you get it? So when wisdom is cried out here, and wisdom was there in the beginning with God, God determined what wisdom was. Do you get it? It's an outpouring of who He is. And and when you embrace it, and that's where... I totally love the testimonies because I just want to know God and I want to know Him deeper and I want to take His Word in. And it doesn't matter how many chapters or verses I read in a day because I want to at least understand them and live them out and I want them to apply to my life. Does that make sense? Wisdom is important if it's coming out. And so in order to have the wisdom of God, I've got to have the relationship with God. I've got to be able to spend time with God. I want Him emanating, if you would, through me. I'm not a Mormon. I don't believe I'm going to become God. Get it? But in my relationship with God, I want Him to, to emanate through me. I want His words to be spoken through me. I want His thoughts to be pervading my thoughts. And so wisdom, we're told, beginning in verse 22, was in the beginning with Yahweh. Yahweh possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been what? I have been established. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth, when there were no depths, I was brought forth when there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. God determined what wisdom was. Before he ever said, let there be. And so, therefore, when he created, he created in what? In wisdom. Do you want to see the personification of wisdom? 
go out and study nature. How marvelous it is. Do you want something even closer to home? Check, check, check out yourself. How fearfully and wonderfully you are made. How wise our creator God was. And how he designed us. You are the proof. All creation is the proof of intelligent design, of a wise creator God who created us marvelously. You can take everything that's comprised in a man, all the chemicals, all the the minerals, all the dirt, add to the mixture of water that is proper, and you probably can tell us what all those are, Steve. And, and we can mix it all up. We can put it in a blender. We can do whatever we want. And we can throw electrodes in it. It's alive. No, it's not alive. It's just going to be a charged atom. Because it, you can't bring in a soul. You can't bring in a spirit. Do you get it? How wise our creator God is. And God established wisdom before he ever created the heavens and the earth. So that when he created those things, they would be created according to his wisdom. Do you know what that means to me? That when he made me in his image and his likeness, before my father Adam fell, that in me there was contained what? Wisdom. What happened to that wisdom? It was corrupted. We turned from it. In Adam, we turned from it. Adam had wisdom. Think about it. Adam had the wisdom. He was made in the image and likeness of God, and God communicated wisdom. So he was made in wisdom. He was, he was communicated wisdom. And Adam made the decision to follow, nothing personal, ladies, foolishness. Because his wife chose to foolish, what? Foolishness. And sin came into the world. And we struggle with following after foolishness. When all in, along again, wisdom is what? Is there for us to gain. The primacy of wisdom. She she predates creation. And secondly, she participated in creation. You can see these psalms in in the verse from Jeremiah. Psalm 104, verse 24. O Yahweh, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your possessions. Psalm 136, 4-6. To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy, his chesed, endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his chesed, endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his chesed, endures forever. Jeremiah 10, verse 12. He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom. He has stretched out the heavens at his discretion. Wisdom is there. And God created it all by his wisdom. It's at your disposal. Her promises, next. Beginning of verse 32, chapter 8. Her promises, Verse 32, now therefore listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me, finds life and obtains favor from Yahweh. But... He who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. Choosing wisdom is choosing life. Rejecting wisdom is loving death. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like the principles that came from chapter 1? The wise man what? Chooses wisdom. 
The fool rejects wisdom. It's the same decision all the way through that comes through. What do you want to choose? Verse 32, verse 34. Blessed is the man who listens to me. So let me ask you the question. How much time do you spend each week listening to wisdom? Compared to how much time a week do you spend listening to the world? We spend so much time listening to the trappings of the world. And we wonder then, why? Why do we talk like the world? Why do we act like the world? Why do we think like the world? Garbage in, garbage out. God in, God out. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, which is your reasonable act of worship. And be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's a decision. It's a choice. Wisdom cries out publicly. Plainly. With pure words. She wants to bless you. She wants you to be blessed. But God, through wisdom, allows it to be your choice. And that's something. God doesn't force it on you. He's given you a free will to make a free will decision. Do you want wisdom? Or do you want the world? Do you want pleasure? Again, I, I, all I can tell you is I know I made this statement earlier, and I'm going to come back and, and, and counteract it right now, where I said that wisdom is what? Boring. It's plain. Ah. Oh. But I tell you, after you spend years following after wisdom, guess what? It's a blast. It's a lot of fun. I don't have a lot of regrets that I had years ago. I don't live in the, in the, in the anxiety and in the, the struggles that I did years ago. There's freedom. There's liberty. By following the path of wisdom. We'll spend some time in finances, the wisdom of, of finances. But I can tell you that when I first put together a budget, it was a shackle around my neck. And I won't tell you about what Marcia thought about it. Anyways, so you can just imagine. But I believe that the word of God was true and that in the end it would be freeing. And all I can tell you is that it has been. You can't outgive God. And when you follow his principles, you'll find that his principles are always true. You just got to make the decision that that's what you want. Know what it says about these, this, this, this promise, too, of this choosing wisdom is choosing life. Look at verse 34. Blessed is the man who listens to me. What? Watching daily at my gates. Waiting at the posts of my doors. What does that indicate to you? There has to be a what? A want to. There's got to be a consistency that every day, every day you're coming to the gates, you're coming to the doors because you want to find wisdom. You're waiting. I mean, if come on, think about it. If you knew that President Trump was going to be passing down McCormick Road, do you think we'd all be kind of standing out there waiting just for a glimpse of the, uh, the, the parade coming through? 
Some of you say no. Probably a lot of people would say yes, though. They just want to have a glimpse. You got to shake President Bush's hand, didn't you? So Jessica got to shake President Bush's hand. He wasn't president yet, though. So it's really special because she got to shake it while, just before he became president. Say again. Super hip. Did you ever wash that hand? No, anyway, so. I mean, it was just a random moment. But still, makes sense? From the world's perspective, that's a cool thing, right? You know, can I get a picture when she was standing behind him and when he turns around and shakes her hand? You know, that's really kind of cool, you know? And how much better to shake the hand of wisdom and not let go? Going to move on. Her promises. And finally, her principles. Again, are going to sound exactly the same from chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. Chapter 9, verse 7. He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself. And he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Did you ever experience that? Cops probably say yes. You correct a scoffer, and it comes back at you. They want to hurt you. So verse 8 says, Do not correct the scoffer, lest he what? Hate you. But rebuke a wise man, and he will what? He will love you. Why? Because a wise man, again, wants to gain wisdom. He wants to acquire wisdom. But the foolish man, he abhors it. He rejects it. He doesn't want it. Why do you think a foolish man rejects wisdom? Think about this wisdom crying out. It's public. It's plain. It's, it's pure. There are promises attached to it. Why, then, does anybody reject it? Pride. Go deeper. They're not in control. Good. That's exactly right. Go deeper than that. That's one of those one of the, the, the ways coming out of there. That's exactly right. He doesn't think he's going to get what he wants. Because what he wants is what? Self-pleasure. And he just doesn't think because that's boring that I'm going to get the self-pleasure that I get out of it. And, and, and it's true. But honestly, here's the truth. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get the self-pleasure that you thought you wanted. You're going to get something better. You just can't see it. But that, going back to that, that pride and control thing as well, Right? Okay? It's not just the pleasure side, but it's also the point that if, if I've got to give up control, that means that what? Someone else has control. But that means that I've got to admit, this is the pride part, that I don't know what is honestly right. I've got to humble myself. Isn't that what, what, what God said to, to, to Israel and then to his people? If my people who are called by my name, will what? Will humble themselves. Why do you think he stated that? Because he knew that his people would continually struggle with pride. Continually struggle with the fact that they, they thought they knew it on their own. But wisdom cries out. And God says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, and if they will pray if they will seek my face, if they will turn from their wicked ways. Toward what? Toward wisdom. Then I will hear from heaven, and I will heal their land. The scorner scorns wisdom the wise acquire wisdom to his own benefit. To his own benefit. How cool is that? This is a win-win. But I got to lose to win. So Jesus said, right, that to follow him, to be his disciple, you need to be able to what? Deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow him. For what is it? Can you finish it? That a man what? 
he gains the who gains the whole world, but he loses his soul. But rather, he who loses his or loses the world to gain his soul. So again, whose wisdom are you going to follow? What value do you place on wisdom? What value do you place on wisdom? It's going to come out in your decision making. It's going to come out in in what you set your priorities on. Where do you turn for wisdom? Do you turn to man? Do you turn to self-help books? Or do you turn to, to God and to his word? How faithful are you to follow after the teaching of wisdom recorded in the Bible? Are you truly appreciative of the wisdom that God has recorded for us in his word? How do we know whether you are? Whether you spend time in it? Is there then a need to change the way you think and therefore change the way you act? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God who created all wisdom. You established it. Before you ever created the heavens and the earth, before Genesis 1-1 ever occurred, you established, you determined what wisdom would be. Oh, Father, and you delight in and desire for us to have a vibrant fellowship and, and relationship with you in which we can hear you speak. You have given us your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth, to all wisdom. And we take all that for granted. Forgive us for that, Lord. Father, help us not to be enamored with this world, but be enamored with you. To stand in awe of who you are and what you have done of what you have done for us, of what you have given to us, how you have made us in your image and your likeness, that we might reflect you in this world. Oh, Father, help us to be like cities that are set upon a hill, whose light cannot be hid. We are going to be that. But, Lord, that that we would be such that we are a, a reflection of your light, that others would observe the good works that you perform through us, and that they would glorify you. Be magnified in us as an assembly, Lord. That as we come together, we would seek your face. We would seek your wisdom. And that you would guide us and direct us. That we might reflect you to this world that's surrounding us. In Christ's name, amen.